All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to episode number 13 of Young and Successful. Uh, I'm Jackson Wood. I'm here with Tyler and Drew Brazier. He is our guest uh, today for episode 13. He runs a podcast called Healthy Made Easy. It's actually trending in the top 10 podcasts on on iTunes in the health category. So that's quite an accomplishment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me here, guys. And thanks to my audience, too, who who put the podcast up there. It's awesome. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about Drew's story. He went from, um, kind of went through college, um, played football in college, and launched his own business, extremely successful business. They launched a podcast. He's found a lot of success with his podcast. So we're going to try to go through his story and extract some of the things he's done to find success like he has. Um, tell us stories. He actually is leaving Idaho tomorrow to fly out and run an ultra marathon, 100 miles, right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully I make it out there with all my flights and uh, <laughs> make it back in one piece. It'll be a 100-mile venture out in the, the Appalachian Mountains out there. That's so it'll crazy. be a, a fun time. Yeah. How, uh, how, often, like, how often do you train for something like that? Are you running every day? Like, uh, right, now I'm, right now I'm in, in taper mode, so I'm, I'm running less. But, you know, over the summer, yeah, you're, you're out six days a week. And how many miles do you, but, like, average a day, like, when you're training? When I first started getting into ultra marathon running, I would do, uh, you know, I'd get up to 70, 80, 90 miles in a week, more trail miles, like in the mountains, not just on pavement. But now uh, that I've been doing it for a while, I have what they call a, a big base, right? Uh, so good experience. My muscles and my bones know that I'm not killing myself. Um, you can handle it. And so, yeah, actually, you know, my training weeks are closer to, you know, 45 to 55 miles because I've this will be like my 30 something ultra marathon and 12th or something like that hundred. So just have fun with it, man. It's about the adventure. And every time I come back, I come back with a new business idea and, uh, or how to be a better dad or how to be a better husband. Right. It's That's interesting. It's yeah. a journey in and of itself that I like to learn from. That's cool. When we'll, we'll get more into that. I would like to kind of, kind of hear more about that. You know, what got yeah. you into that and how that kind of like balances your life a little bit. I mean, we all have things that we like to do, you know, it's hard. You're a business owner, you know, the everyday hustle and bustle is just crazy sometimes. So it's probably nice to get out and, you know, do something you enjoy and get away for a little bit. So yeah. I think that's an important part. Of, yeah. It's kind of like what, what Michael Hyatt teaches about free to focus, right? As far as, you know, I, I love the work that I do, but I don't base my life around work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I base my life around what I want to do. And then I find the time for work. Right. And then that's, that's a huge piece for me of, of keeping that balance and being able to do that. Right. And being a business owner and doing that. So it's a lot of fun. Love it. Yeah. We find a lot of entrepreneurs kind of have that, that side of them that they're just passionate about their hobby. Working out is a big one. Um, I think every guest we've had on has some part of them, whether it's jujitsu, jiu-jitsu yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of those. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Ultra that's marathon. Right, yeah. So cool. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of jump into it. Um, what we want to do is kind of just talk about your childhood, the kind of world that you grew up in, kind of what your parents did. Were you a good student? Things like that. And kind of help us extract that story so we can figure out what kind of helped you become who you are today. Yeah. So <laughs> you say childhood and all this trauma comes up, man. I got to call my therapist after this. Uh, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast just turned a corner. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm totally kidding. Um so youngest of, of seven, an Italian family. Um, we're all athletes in my family. I think five of us, four or five of us played college sports, right? We're all just super, um, su- super just 
go get them type of family, right? My mom was a really good athlete growing up. And uh, my dad was a big time runner. In fact, he's in his late 60s now and he still runs several times a week. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Took him out on a huge hike this summer and about killed him, but it's <laughs> kind of the way he is, right? So very hard working. My dad was a hospital CEO um, and then retired out of that and is uh, physical therapist when he retired out of that. So he's very much business oriented, but the quality of business. I'd go to his hospitals with him at midnight when I was a kid because he'd go visit his staff. He believed in you take care of the people that are working with you. Okay, um, yeah. And he never liked to look at himself as the boss, right? Um, which is carried over now, you know, I'm working with my team and they're like, oh yeah, my boss. And I'm like, who's your boss? Like, I don't even realize I'm their boss because <laughs> right? Right, yeah. of that mentality my dad instilled in me. But, um, you know, we had a really, like I said, really active family growing up. Um, my dad was, was very much about you do well in school, but here's the thing, man, I had a huge problem in school. Um, first when I was in kindergarten, my teacher kept circling my A's cause my real name's Andrew. And I came home one day and said, mom, screw it. My name's Drew. Don't ever call me Andrew again. I'm never having an A circled. <laughs> right. So that's some problems <laughs> in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> started but, off on the right foot. <laughs> yeah. But what I noticed is as I started going through grade school, I loved to learn. Learning was just like, oh, but I didn't love school, okay. but I love to learn. Uh, and so there's a big difference there that has totally propelled me through life um, in the sense of if it was busy work, I wouldn't do it, right? Uh, by the time I got into high school, I had all kinds of problems because even if it was my coach who was my history teacher, I'd hand back busy work. I would not do it. I would take zeros. And the principal just had to deal with it because I thought it was stupid. But if you put me in a, in a class that made me think and actually use my brain versus what our school systems are, right. <laughs> just yeah. doing crap, I want to do it. And, and that's the way I was in college, too. Uh, and that's the way I was in grad school. And ended up, you know, I graduated with honors, spoke at our graduation when I got my doctorate and whatever. So I did fine with it. That was my strategy is I wanted to learn. And as I was growing up, I, I approached, uh, you know, my dad at one point said, I either want to be a psychologist or a Navy SEAL. Okay. Two totally different yeah. things, right? Um, and, but I had that idea when I was young, and, and, but I also wanted to have a family, right? And so my dad, luckily, he's super sharp guy, probably my best mentor in life, um, was like, well, you know, Navy SEALs have a pretty high divorce rate. Are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, oh, well, what's the divorce rate for psychologists? He's like, I don't know. They're pretty weird, too. So it's probably pretty high. And so uh, I was like, well, all right, well, I'll go with this. And, and so by the time I graduated high school, I'd read over 200 books in psychology. What drew you to psychology from at such a young age? It, it was so intriguing. You know, we actually had uh, my, my grandmother when I was young um, committed suicide. And had an uncle commit suicide, a cousin commit suicide. Uh, we had a lot of that, and it intrigued me. I was like, "What is this?" You know. Right. And uh, and then being an athlete, I was like, "This is really cool." Like the sports psychology component of this, um, and it just it fascinated me. And, and I also had this thing that whenever I'd get around people, like I really. I'm not necessarily like a, you'll hear a lot of people say that, oh, my friends say I'm a good listener. I should be a therapist. I'm like, well, that's not necessarily true. Like 
can you separate, you know, your emotions from other people and still truly care about people? And I noticed that like, I wanted people to be successful and I didn't care what that meant for me, but I wanted to see other people's success. And I, and I felt this just like in my gut, like all the time when I was around people, like I want to see people be successful. This very altruistic, something I was born with in me that led me to that calling in life, to be honest with you, is what I felt it was, is, is to, to be dedicated and committed to seeing people be successful in whatever that was. I felt it, you know, pretty strong, yeah. right? It sounds like you're very self-aware kind of from a young age, like you can analyze the idea, the difference between busy work and learning, and you were, you know, attracted to learning, but not necessarily crossword puzzles. Yeah. And then you, you could kind of tell your interactions with other humans and you say, I really care about them. I want them to be successful. And you were able to kind of connect the dots and say, okay, psychology is where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And self-aware, but also I would say this, my first academic award ever was, uh, you know, senior year, they do the who's who award or whatever. My high school is huge. We, I don't know how big our, this is one of the top 10 biggest schools in, in Oklahoma. And, uh, and I got the class clown award. So it's just who I am. <laughs> yeah. And I don't hang my doctorate degree in my office, um, but I do hang my class clown, class clown. Class <laughs> in my office. Because that's, that's who I am. And, yeah. and it's just naturally yeah. having fun with life. Um, right. So I was self-aware, but also, yeah, I like to have fun. Had some fun. <laughs> cool. Yeah, in the process. Yeah. So when you were in high school, you, you say that you were athletic and you played sports. Was it mostly football? Um, so actually, uh, again, I kind of did things the way I like to do things. Um, you know, grew up playing basketball like crazy. Okay. Loved. I grew up a, a shooting guard, actually, believe it or not. And uh, loved, loved playing basketball. Um, and so my freshman year in high school, I played basketball but didn't play football. And then the football coach came to me and was like, dude, you want your education paid for? Or what are you, you're stupid. Why are you not playing football? So I said, okay, I'll play football. And then I played football. I'm like, man, yeah, I really like this. So in my sophomore year, I played football, but not basketball. And then finally, both the coach, because it was a really big high school where you did pick one sport. And I was the only one playing football and basketball. And, uh, and I was starting in both my junior and senior year. Finally, I played both sports, yeah, okay. which helped me, right? And I think that's, that's important in life, too. As an entrepreneur, as a human being is, is yes, you may have this one skill set. But you need to to really vary all of your skills uh, so that you can become better in that. That made me a better football player by really honing in on my basketball skill set. Um, helped me be able to get a scholarship in football. So you, after high school, you actually ended up playing college football, correct? Yeah, I did. Yeah, as a defensive end and uh, played until it's time to get married. And, you know, I started and I enjoyed it, loved it. Um, in junior college, went to national championship. I led the nation in, in knockdowns as a defensive really? end. And cool. Yeah, I was a white. They, they underestimated me being this this big old white guy. I didn't think I'd get off the ground. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I had all these Polynesian teammates, a lot more athletic than me. But uh, somehow or another, I hung I hung in there. That's and, funny. Uh, cool. Yeah. What uh, what college did you go to? Where'd you so play um, played uh, did like redshirt played uh, University of Central Oklahoma and then went out to Dixie State um, and then uh, but whenever I got married I was done playing that was it did, huh? yeah yeah made that decision wanted to focus I wanted to be done uh, with my doctor I had very ambitious goals so my last 
couple semesters of undergrad um, at SU. I took two 21 credit semesters. Jeez. And then fast tracked my master and doctorate to be done in four years. And just, wow. again, I knew what I wanted to learn. And by then I had matured a little bit to know I also got to do a little bit of the busy work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> figured it out. But yeah, that was my path there with the education side. So you graduated from Dixie State mm-hmm. with an associate's degree. Is yeah. that correct? Mm-hmm. What did you do from there? Yeah, went to SUU, um, uh, Southern Utah University, uh, and studied Spanish um, and psychology as well. Uh, then uh, while I was, was studying there, I worked with troubled youth um, who were uh, unfortunately placed out of their homes, and I was out with them in a desert. I have a group of like 10 to 12 of these. A lot of them came from like different gangs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so I had them out in the, the, their first two weeks in this program in the desert, teaching them survival skills. And oh, it was wow. a lot of fun wow. while I was doing that. Yeah, it was cool. It was a blast. And, and uh, yeah, then graduated from Southern Utah University and then uh, moved out to Colorado uh, where I did my master's in clinical psychology and then a doctorate um, in clinical psychology and emphasis of health and also became a nutritionist while I was going through that whole schooling process having a family too (laughs) yeah it sounds like you were busy you said that um at one point you had a summer job fall through and that was what was going to get you through the next two semesters i think of college before the next summer break right yeah and i think that's just a lesson in 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 life especially us as entrepreneurs man we're different people like our brains are different um and we have to be hustlers right and so what happened that summer, it was from after I got my bachelor's degree to whenever I was getting ready for my graduate uh, work to start. We just moved to Colorado. I had interviewed jobs before I moved out there to have something lined up because I didn't want to skip a beat. And I needed to support my family. And I get out there and I'm about ready to start my work. And they're like, our grant that supported this position has gone. We can't have you work. And that was like the day I moved out to Colorado. I'm like, oh, great. I turned down these other jobs. <laughs> whatever. So I started painting curbs, um, that summer and until I could find a little bit of other work to, to make it through, to scramble. Yeah. And, uh, it just taught me, man, you don't, you, the only way I could fail is to say I'm done. Right. right? Um, so got me through the summer. <laughs> Doing you what did I what had you to, had do. to do. That's right. Yeah. Cool. A lot of the people we've talked to have kind of a similar story too. You know, it's funny because Carl and Ginger they worked in I can't, social, social work. They were social workers. They had like a social work, like a social clinic of some sort, uh-huh. a mental health children. clinic. Yeah, for children. And yeah. their grant fell through. Yeah. Oh. And so they had spent you know years building up their business and they launched it and then it just collapsed right after that. So. A lot of people probably would have just said, okay, that's it. I got to do something else. You yeah. Know? But you've painted curbs and had a side hustle and got your way through college. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was... A graduate school. After, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was after I got my bachelor's. But I guess I should back up for a second. When I was in college playing football, um, you know, I, I had made the goal that whenever I turned 18 and graduate high school, like... You know, you know, my parents did really well for themselves. I didn't. I, I wanted to do it on my own yeah, right. as much as I possibly could. And so, when you're on a NCAA scholarship, you can't work um, during season or any of that. And so, um, I went and I gave plasma a couple times a week. Um, yeah. Probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Look back, I'm like, man, that was. Whew. 
Uh, <laughs> but and but also I'd go and I'd play basketball down uh, in in the parks and uh, for money, and that's how I you know made some extra money to be able to. So you played for money? Were you like betting on games or like how did so, you how did you make your money well, doing that? Whenever you you play in the parks like that, people will put money on you. Right. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And so you so, get a, a cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get a cut. And you, <laughs> you know, I wasn't very welcomed at first, to be honest. I had to have some pretty bloody games and own own my spot there. But then after time, I was more well-received. And so I had to, had to earn that one. But there was, there was being a college student, there was good money in there, right? Um, so... I did what I had to do, and and then whenever you know, going back to in graduate school, you're not allowed to work when you're working on your doctorate. Um, but again, I had family. And did I, you have any children? Yeah, okay. did. Um, started off graduate school with one kiddo and finished with three kiddos um, in the graduate, and and now we have four happy kiddos. Um, cool. And uh, anyway, and so going going through that process though, I I thought it was ridiculous of uh just you're going and you're learning all this stuff where's the application you know i to be honest with you even though i've been a professor i've taught at the graduate level all that stuff and i still think our higher education is i mean whoo it's garbage um <laughs> to be yeah, honest. Yeah. and so uh but there are still things i wanted to learn and and anyway so i continued with it but i wanted the application and so I pretty much told, you know, my dean, I'm like, I'm working. You guys are going to have to give me permission and I'll make a deal with you. If I make below an A on any class, I'm done, right? You can put me on probation, right? Um, you know, I never looked at my GPAs from college on. I never did. Ended up graduating with all A's all the way through it. Um, and like I said, graduate with honors. But that was the deal I had to strike. If my grade drops at all. I'll stop working. And he honored it. He let me do it and uh, started doing some work, uh, getting around the right mentors and different private practice and health clinics and stuff like that as I was going along. Um, so you were starting my own process. Using what you were learning in, during your graduate studies. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then as soon as I got my master's, I'd also gotten studied nutrition. And then that's when I started to kind of go into my own practice, focusing on nutrition. So what was led you yet. to you know, become a nutritionist, you know, that's, yeah. So my, it was my journey, right? right I yeah. always say I'm client zero. Um, you know, when I was done playing football in college, they didn't tell you how to be healthy, right? I knew how to lift a whole lot of hundreds of pounds and I knew how to down, you know, 8,000 calories a day, right? but I didn't know how to be healthy. And so, you know, I was studying psychology and really wanted to go into health psychology but I was like, but this doesn't cut it. Like there's, there's more to it. And so I said, well, if I really want to understand for myself first, I need to understand the nutritional components because there's so much crap out there. There's so many diets, programs, pills, whatever. What really works? <laughs> and right. so I started studying nutrition for that purpose. Um, but also I, I said, if I'm going to be an example and help other people change in their lives, like I need to be healthy day in and day out. And so that really motivated me to be an example to others, but also I didn't want to be a sideline dad. I wanted to be engaged as a dad. Right. Um, okay. And that motivated me to go and learn nutrition and health psychology and physiology to really get a, a good grasp for myself. And then, you know, I lost 160 pounds and kept it off over the past decade. And, and that's what kicked it off for me. 
Yeah. That's awesome. So basically you, you learn for yourself and you're applying whatever you learned mm-hmm. through your own journey to people now. You're, you're, you're teaching other people how to do that same thing. Is that exactly. correct? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Point zero. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So you're in graduate school, getting closer to graduation. You've been doing the jobs, working with your professors and mentors and getting the experience. How did you go from graduation to launching your own business? Yeah. So here, here's the deal for me is I hated in graduate school. You know, I had some great professors and I had some horrible professors. Not They're, they're good people, but as far as being motivators and examples was a horrible example of it. And they'd always say, if you're in this field and you expect to make any kind of money, you're in the wrong field. I'm like, that's stupid. Like (laughs) we're on the front lines here. Like we're changing lives. Yeah. Right. Like this is the most ridiculous. And I'd always speak out against it. Like you're full of it. Like just because you suck at business doesn't mean I need to suck at business. So don't indoctrinate us to be sucky business people. Yeah. Was my philosophy in a light way. And so you know, I started to to really study the business side of things um, about my second year into graduate school. And then I said, okay, what does the, in the, the Denver front range mountain area there in Colorado, what's the average for a psychologist's annual salary? And what's the top 1%? And I started studying that. And I told my wife, I said, look, the year I graduate, I'm going to be in the top 1%. She's like, okay. She's like, all right. <laughs> My wife is like very smart, like 35 on her ACT type of person. Yeah. And I slept through my ACT literally. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it was busy work to me. Like, this is stupid, yeah. right? Yeah. What, what are we oh, testing? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> she beat me by double digits. Um, <laughs> and so she's just like, kind of like, all right, cool, whatever. Like, I like your ambition. And I said, no, I have a plan. So I went and I interviewed, I I said, okay, who are these psychologists who are successful, who are not just making good money, but who are ethical in their process, who have down a good business. I'm going to take them out to lunch. I'm going to take them out to dinner. And I started doing that my second year in graduate school, started learning the ins and the outs of ethical practice, good marketing. What does all that mean? And then I started to do that for people in the health industry, like nutritionists, dietitians, and I interviewed tons and tons of people over that time to really get that understanding. And so then what happened whenever I got my master's degree and I had studied nutrition, um, I started doing kind of this side hustle because I wasn't licensed yet. So I wasn't doing therapy, but I was doing more health coaching at first and like a little private practice um, that somebody let me rent for very inexpensive. Right. Um, I was doing that and I was also working at a health clinic. Okay. And I worked at that health clinic until I graduated, okay, with my doctorate. Um, but what had happened there is I started my practice with health stuff started to really pick up. And then I was licensed as a therapist. And so I was able to do health coaching and more kind of the therapy route. And what happened is, is my wife and I said, okay, we have a three to five year plan when I got my doctorate to be in full private practice, no more in the health clinic, that's it. Within, so we, within three to five years of graduation. Three to five years of graduation. Okay. okay. And I was still, but the thing was, is like, even when we made that, I mean, I was still seeing 12 to 15 clients a week on top of working at the health clinic already. And so my wife and I put in this marketing plan 
And the whole idea of the marketing plan was know, like, and trust, right? Okay. Um, so in the community, people would know me. People would like me and people would trust me from medical providers. I was doing lunches all the time with medical providers in the community, going to schools. I contact all the schools. I'm like, if you ever need to consult, I'll do it for free. Um, clergy leaders, I'll consult for free. Giving a lot of free knowledge away because a lot of times in my field it's like no you don't do that unless somebody's paying right um it's almost like an attorney i get i get charged for texting my freaking attorney yep yeah garbage right See um, it's out to dinner and get a bill you know? yeah it's a okay. horrible business model yeah um i didn't believe in that i believed in give to the community build the community the community will give to you right and that's the way it goes and so we had this three to five year plan of doing that and literally within three months I was full tilt. I was up to 40 clients a week. Really? Yeah, all no no insurance. It was just three months. Self, yeah, three months. Wow. It was just self-pay. And it was it was built on that whole get out in the community, no like trust, right? And really um, let the community know I'm there for them. So was it kind of like you gave this free information, you kind of got their feet wet and then from there they wanted to learn more? So they would yeah, hire you? They wanted to learn more, but also they trusted they just my built knowledge. built that trust, yeah. Yeah, they trusted that that knowledge that I was collecting and that I genuinely cared about people versus, hey, just refer to me. But I'd refer to these people too, right? It yeah. wasn't a, you just come scratch my back. It's let's scratch each other's backs here. And, but more importantly, let's take care of the community, mm-hmm. right? I think that was a big piece right there. So at that point, like, what was the profile of your client? Like, uh-huh. you know, who were you looking for? Or who were you helping? And, and kind of what areas of their lives were you helping them with? Yeah. So a lot of my, because my whole dissertation was in like motivation for type 2 diabetes. So I'd okay. get a lot of clients with type 2 diabetes who were struggling to meet their health goals, a lot of weight loss uh, clients. That was about 80% of my work. I also, on the psychology side, was really focusing on like trauma, becoming an expert uh, in trauma and, and brain spotting and some deep techniques that way. Um, so I do a lot of that, uh, but that also developed into working with collegiate and professional athletes and high performance people um, as well, which all really kind of, there's a golden thread there, right? Of really at the bottom of it is a lot of trauma for people. And uh, like in weight loss and why people can't follow through with type 2 diabetes is different traumatic things that affect them um, that hold them back and they don't, they're not even aware of that a lot of times. And so it's all all at the same base really um yeah pretty cool stuff it's interesting so you're maxed out 40 you say you had 40 clients yeah yeah it was 40 clients which is more than you want to do i mean you really yeah it sounds like a lot 30 to 35 is plenty and and before i knew it yeah i was there so i said sorry i really love the health clinic and what we're doing with the integrative stuff but i'm chasing my dream here (laughs) so what'd you do from there just went with my own practice there, right? Grew it, um, stopped marketing at that point for the the practice. Um, yeah. I didn't put any more money into marketing, um, but I kept in the community. And then I became very selective of who I would work with and I'd refer out. And so I was building a lot of my colleagues, you know, um, up like that in that sense, um, which I loved. I loved seeing my good colleagues uh, be able to build off of this momentum. Um, and so, you know, I continued to, to practice there. Um, but as I was doing that, you know, I'd get invited to speak and do some keynote speeches, um, a lot on kind of the, what I'd call motivating motivation. I didn't realize it at that time that I was developing my model that I now call healthy made easy 
And kind of the big idea in Healthy Made Easy is mental physio conditioning. So I focus on the brain part of health change, but also the physiological side of health change. And mm-hmm. we're conditioning that. I didn't realize that, but that's what I was speaking on to everyone. And they're like, this is so cool. Like your work. I'm like, my work. Oh, I guess I'm creating. I literally accidentally created this model, but I paid attention. And so during that time, I was paying attention to what was working with my clients. I was taking very meticulous notes on what works, what doesn't work. And if it didn't work, I get rid of it, right? But if it had over 60% success, over 66% success, I would keep it, right? Um, And so just kept doing that, kept paying attention, what's working, what's not working, and really honed in on that. And, uh, and you know, would interview my clients of, you know, past one year, what's working long-term. And I got really focused on long-term success for people. And that's really what kind of differentiated the work I was doing was not this get healthy quick crap. It was, let's look at your long-term stuff. Um, and started seeing that over 70% of people after a year were still in range of their health goals which compared to 8% in diets and programs in the United States is a pretty <laughs> distinct yeah, thing. Of course. So yeah. then I'm like, whoa, like we're, we're on to something here. So then I did. I started getting more to speaking stuff um, and really, you know, getting out into the numbers, you know, with that. Um, and then uh, when I say the numbers, more of the masses. So I could really get my message out there of what was working and uh, and stayed with that for a while. And then my wife's family is all from Idaho. Um, it's where she grew up and we had some family members pass away, um, unexpectedly from heart attacks, stuff like that. We're like, you know, we want our kids to be by their grandparents and by family. So we said, we're moving to Idaho. Um, didn't have a practice <laughs> here in Idaho. Uh, but I knew I wanted to move into the online space at that point. Uh, and so I started to kind of think some about that. Um, but that was about two years ago when we moved up here to Idaho and I just closed down my Colorado practice about four months ago. So Again, I wasn't marketing. I went three times a month. I'd go for two days. Wow, that's a lot. I'd work for about 14 or 15 hours those two days and then come back and recover. Um, but I wasn't building an Idaho practice so much. I didn't want to do that. I did build it up just kind of by, again, I kind of know, like, and trust in the communities. Some referrals started coming in, but I would be very picky here. So as I was kind of winding down that practice, um, things kind of picked up a little bit here. But then I really, I had to be very intentional about my calendaring, my schedules of, no, I need to focus on developing my online content and understanding how to um, have an online business and what that looks like coaching online. Because I'm not doing therapy online, but coaching online uh, and developing my brand there. And so I shifted my thinking so that I could live here in Idaho and support the community, build up the community in Idaho, but not have that as what I'm depending upon yeah. for my source of income. Right. So that that was four years ago. Four that was half? two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I'm we getting moved my up here to Idaho. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. just out of curiosity, I mean, you've built this online community, so to speak. Mm-hmm. How long did that take you to kind of build up this yeah. successful online business? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, like. Man, I feel like if I get, I, I don't even know if it's answering your question. I'll answer your question, but I honestly feel like if you genuinely want to do business right, if you genuinely over deliver to people, 
stuff, crap just happens, right? Um, and what I mean by that is like, so I started learning all these processes. I probably spent twenty to thirty thousand dollars over the past few years on getting trained by the right people, right? Like. I heard Amy Porterfield was good, so I took every course I could from her and paid a lot of money. Frank Kern in his inner circle, you know, all the, Mike Dillard, like all these different people mm-hmm. to really learn because one person, you know, it worked for them, but does that work in my industry? Well, I need to learn this. Now I need to learn this. Now I need to learn Facebook ads. So I took three different courses on Facebook ads and, you know, all these different things to really learn it all instead of just having my team come in and do it. I wanted to know it. And then train my team on it, right? Um, so it, it, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, these past two years, um, is is what it's taken. But really, where it's just me doing it is over this past year, really. But the thing is, is as I was learning that, people were like, "Drew, can I, I have a message I want to get out? Can can you help me do that?" And the first person that came and asked me to to do that to coach him on it. I was like, well, geez, you know, it'll take me probably three or four months to really teach you, but I'll dig in and teach you everything. And they're like, cool, I'll spend whatever I have to. And so I looked at what's the value of that. And and this is why I say by if you just over deliver, things happen. Things happen. Right. And, and and they said, Well, how much how much is that gonna cost me? It's like, well, looking at it, it's gonna be fifteen thousand dollars. So like, perfect. Like, whoa, (laughs) I just sold some for $15,000 and it's going to hit my bank account tomorrow. Like, what did I just do? And, but you know what? Really? Any, anybody I've coached like that, they're like, dude, this is worth so much more than $15,000. Right. Um, You know, you think about it, be coached for three to four months, 15 grand. That's a lot of money. But dude, whenever it's like totally tripling, quadrupling what you're doing. And I know it from the psychology side too. Not only do I get marketing, I know the psychology of marketing and I know speaking, right? Because I, you know, studied a lot of Brendan Bouchard's stuff on speaking and also just would take a lot of feedback. And I spoke to thousands of people, you know, and, and love that. So I, I didn't realize it, but I took my twenties <laughs> and I worked freaking hard in my twenties. While a lot of my friends were out partying in their twenties and they had fun. Now they're in their thirties. They're like, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, I've got this. And I didn't even realize it, right? right. And so that helped my online stuff is I start, I, I'm like, wow, like, I'm actually a good coach. <laughs> yeah. And I had to believe that, though, right? But I believed it because I saw the people I was coaching like this just exploding. I'm like, holy crap, I'm teaching some good stuff here, yeah. right? Um, and so that helped the online stuff come on so that I could focus on kind of my community and developing my own, like, inner circle, my own... Uh, course and courses um, to really help and focus on my book and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully that answered your question, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was perfect. That was perfect. It went off in the left field a so little bit. So you still have a physical clinic here in Idaho Falls, correct? Yeah, so well, I mean, I still do a little bit of private practice. Yeah. I consult um, to help a clinic here become an integrated practice, um, meaning you have medical doctor and behavioral health together. Um, so we're I'm doing that because it's a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, not as a, you know, big revenue source. Uh-huh. Right. So I'm consulting on that and I see some clients individually. Um, but that, that's, that's, I, uh, I don't give out my cell phone number. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I, I, because I, I want it to be, I'd say 50% of the clients I see here are pro bono. Really? Right. It's people who are in situations who know people were in a small community here. Mm-hmm. 
And it's more of, hey, you know what? This right here is my revenue source online and doing these other things. I'm giving back to my community is how I feel about that at this point. So it's interesting. I mean, how much, if you were to kind of put a percentage on it, how much of your time are you spending doing this, you know, physical clinical work compared to your online stuff? Oh, uh, 5%. 5%. So most of your time is dedicated to now your online business. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what is the name of your online business? So Healthy Made Easy yeah. is the, the name of it, right? Healthy Made Easy is the method and everything that I I do, yeah. So you have your you have a podcast, obviously called mm-hmm. Healthy Made Easy. Yeah, um, is that a way to kind of attract new clients into your your business model, your coaching? Or yeah, is that, does that kind of fall into the no like trust? Kind it of, is. Yeah, it's the no like trust. Um, and you know, somebody mentioned, hey, yeah, do a podcast. It's like, sure. So what do I do? Yeah, right? and so. Really, I've been learning along, you know, so then I get, you know, I work with Nick out of Wisconsin and understand he's a podcast guru guy and and start to study, like, how do I even make this work? You know, when I'm going to interview someone, how do I send out emails, like blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, started learning that process and and realized, okay, I need to do, you know, like opt-ins. So in other words, guides and cheat sheets with all my episodes. And so it started building my list by the hundreds, mm-hmm. my email list. Um and, and a lot of warm traffic that I was building with that. Right. And so, you know, originally it's, yeah, I, I want the, you know, the know, like, and trust. And, and also like I could change lives. I could, I could reach a lot more people all over the world through podcasting. And so it sounded very appealing to me in that sense, but then it started to really build on this business side. So yes, it's, my goal is to get as many people as I can, um, and reach them, but also on the business side, it, it does. If you do it right, um, you can you can build your warm audience pretty well yeah, off absolutely. of podcasting, right? Which I'm sure you guys know. <laughs> absolutely, no, that's great. It's perfect, um, especially coming from kind of a marketing standpoint. Obviously, we have a marketing agency here. We've worked with quite a few coaches as well, helping yeah. kind of grow their audience. So, out of curiosity, how are you marketing yourself? How are you attracting other than the podcast, like we just talked about? What ways are you attracting these new clients? Kind of getting your name out there. Yeah, boy. Um, so it's uh, the more people can see my face and hear my voice, right? So I do do a lot of live video. I studied with uh, and still do with Luria Petrucci. Um, it was, she does live streaming video. She's live streaming um, pros is her company. And, and she's really good about, you know, how do you do live video um, from level one to level four? So I built kind of a studio in my house with different sets and got the whole 4K camera and all this crap and yeah. lighting and whoa, all that fun stuff. Oh, and yeah. uh, so I do a lot of the, the live streaming videos, right? Um, and I'm very active, you know, on our Healthy Made Easy community page, the public page. Um, and that, that gets a lot out there, right? Is that on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Are you doing that? Yeah, doing that on Facebook. Um, and so a lot of people see me there and, and you know, as well, I'm always, I always have ads out there for people to get different guides and freebies and opt-ins. Yeah. And something really cool that has been very well received is, have you guys heard of the Bonjoro app? I have, yeah. Yeah. So when somebody, this is unique. And if I get 100 people on my list in one day, I do 100 videos, literally. Because what I do is when somebody gets on my list, at the end of the day, I go through new um, subscribers to my email list. I send them a 30 to 45 second Bonjoro video. I'm okay. like, hey, this is Dr. Drew. And well, it's like, 
Hey, Kevin, Dr. Drew here. Thank you so much. Uh, hope you enjoy your free content. If you have any questions, shoot me and my team an email. Cool. So this isn't just like That's a awesome. generic video you just send everyone. This is specific to that person. because yep, your email up. pops into my Bonjoro okay. account. It's Kevin, boom, yeah. record it, boom, send to Kevin. He has a video. He's like, dude, he just said my name, <laughs> yeah. right? Because that's the way I feel yeah. whenever you know mentors of mine have done stuff like that yeah. to me. So that's a lot, part of that know, like, and trust, right, that that's I cool. like to do there. And again, it's hard because those email lists grow and grow and grow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot of people. But you know what? That people like that and, and they feel that. So, you know, that's from different ads that we're running through Facebook and Instagram that they'll get on the list. Um, but then it's really nurturing my list and taking care of my list so they don't feel bothered. Instead, it's this is rich information that I'm getting. Um, so, yeah, I do that through, like I said, different ads that way. I blog um, at itainadiet.com, um, which is integrated into drdrewbrazier.com now. Uh, so the blogging side of things, um, which I started to study that over this past year and taking some different you know, mentoring there um, and uh, podcasts. And uh, I'm trying to think, oh, with my book that's going to be coming out here pretty soon, Sweet Life Without Sugar, um, The Art and Science of Conquering Sugar Cravings and Addiction, uh, coming out with that book. And also oh, working cool. on a, a – uh, so there's a lot of people who are on the pre-launch list. Uh -huh. So they get instructional video from me, um, and then they can become part of my closed Facebook tribe community, which is like a small monthly fee that people pay, and I really nurture people in there. And give I'm in there every single day, kind of one on one, like talking to them. Yeah, like yeah, them. doing Facebook lives in there, um, nurturing that. So yeah, it's kind. Of, I mean, really, just every avenue that I can in there, <laughs> we're using yeah. right. Where it it sounds like what you've done is you've you've you taught yourself the idea of taking your practice from a brick and mortar yep. business. You taught yourself how to take it online. You've been successful at that, but also that process of taking something online, you've been able to kind of monetize, and now you're helping people do that for themselves. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, kind of going full circle here. Yeah, yeah, from the coaching aspect yeah. to while I'm doing it. Right, yeah. Because every, every good coach should be doing it. Practice what you preach, right? Exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, and that's, that's a problem I see in the field of psychology, too, and why I'm, I'm in some aspects moving away from my own field that I love. But in graduate school, you're not required to go do your own therapy or your own work anymore, which I think is hogwash. And so people are like, man, my therapist is so weird. We have some of the coolest people in my field of psychology and some of the most whacked out because they're not taking care of themselves. Yeah. But one thing I love in the coaching area, and a lot of times psychology gives coaching crap, and I'm like, no, guys, coaching's getting it right a lot of times. Not all, I mean, there's a lot of good psychology. Some of my favorite people are my, my colleagues in, in psychology, but in, in coaching, it, it, we have to, like you said, most entrepreneurs you have come in here, they're taking care of themselves because we get it. We have to live it, right? We have to preach it. We have to walk it and we have to do it. If I'm saying creating balance in my life, well, guess what? I'm not responding to emails before 8 a.m. Guess what? My phone's off from 5 to 8 p.m. Like, I'm I'm having like I love Michael Hyatt's work on his free to focus stuff. Like, I am creating that freedom to focus in my life, yeah. right? And if I'm doing that, then I can go out and coach other people to do it. But if I'm not doing it, I have zero right to go teach other people to do it. I believe that's my own ethical dilemma. <laughs> no, I th I'm right there with you. So um, I've kind of looked over some of the titles of the 
your episodes on, on your podcast page. You know, one of them is own your morning and you know, you'll go through like metabolism, things like that. So tell, introduce us to like a day in the life uh-huh. of Dr. Drew and how you are able to take what advice you're giving to clients and how you actually apply that. So what does that look like? I've always wondered that, like, okay, what does Tony Robbins day look like? I know he jumps in his <laughs> freezing cold pool in the morning. Yeah, just like based you on know. what you've been telling us right now, it feels like you have more than 24 hours in a day because I mean, you're doing so many different things throughout your day. So obviously you have some sort of balance. You have some sort of, I don't know, schedule that you're following, you know, to get this all done because you are doing a lot, yeah. it sounds like. And just, just, yeah, I'll answer that. Just as a side note, I'm working with, um, just actually hired someone on right now to take my owning the day, owning the week, and we're putting it into a planner that is like a quarterly planner that doesn't substitute the calendar, but pretty much drives your calendar. And it's stuff that I live by and stuff that I see that is successful. So that's gonna be really cool that we're gonna be coming out the next couple months publishing that along with a workbook and some video series that come with it. But for for me, you, you got to get your senses going. I believe get all five senses going. So I change my two-year-old's poopy diaper first. That gets my, my sense of smell going. That's, that's the key to his success. Right I, I changed the diaper this morning too at six. So. Yeah, yeah. You know how it is, yeah. man. Um, oh, my gosh. It's, there's a lot of truth in that. So sometimes I'm up before I want to be up. But honestly, I believe in sleep, right? I make sure that on average I'm getting that seven to eight hours of sleep per night, right? Because um, lack of sleep is one of the, the top health epidemics in the United States. And and so I make sure, actually, I'm getting good sleep. There are some nights where as an entrepreneur, dude, you're up till 3 o'clock. Well, yeah. guess what? No one gives a crap. So get up at 6 and keep working and shut your mouth and keep working. Right. right. So yeah. you, you have those. You have those days and you have those nights. But majority, five out of seven nights, I'm, I'm getting in good quality sleep, um, which is really important. Um, I'm up early. I'm a believer in, I don't care how cold it is, um, I don't care how hot it is, is get outside, even if it's, you know, I've got to, you know, do stuff with the kids in the morning, whatever, but I get outside as quick as I can. Usually my training runs are before people wake up um, a lot of times in my family, so I'm out letting the, the air hit my lungs as quick as I can, right? Um and get in kind of, you know, a, a morning drink that I like to do. Um, and then not drinking alcohol, but <laughs> apple cider vinegar, lemon <laughs> stuff. Okay. Um, to kind of get me going. And then, uh, and so I do that. And then I, I, you know, I depending on how my training runs and stuff like that, um, my own meditation uh, time that I put in there, again, before people are awake. But I'm also teaching my kids how to meditate, right? Um and, and spend that time with them. And so in the morning, you know, I, I do, I have my own routine that works really well for me that also is adaptable. Right. But the main thing is, is for the first 90 minutes, I don't connect with the world. I don't do that. I connect with myself, my spiritual self, my family. So I'm not doing emails, I'm not doing text messages. And if the world's burning down, well, I'll find out 90 minutes later. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I, like I don't, it. I don't, I, I, I free myself from that in the morning. Um, but then as I go through my day, my schedule literally has everything in it. Um, from transition times, I'll take 10 minutes and transition from one meeting to the next. And, you know, I envision what, you know, is going to take place. <clears throat> I debrief, sorry, I debrief myself from whatever it was that I was doing. Um, and my schedule is very planned out in that sense. 
And then as well um, with my planning is if I'm working at my home office or at home, our kitchen table is, and I think every entrepreneur should have this, it's a white glass table that works as a marker board. We do homework there with the kids, but also if I'm gonna be working on, hey, I'm doing content creation on this blog, I do it for 50 minutes, I write down what I'm doing on that, even though it says on my schedule, I write it down right there. I'm not doing emails during that time, I'm not doing text, nothing. I do it for 50 minutes, undisturbed. And then that 10 minutes after that, I can do Facebook, I can do blah, 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 emails or phone calls, whatever, but I'm very intentional. I have very intentional um, you know, moments as I go throughout the day like that, right? Um, and very focused in that sense. Um, and so, I mean, that that's a big part of as I'm working through my day. And then when it comes evening, it's, you know, it's, it's be intentional about my family because that's, that's, that's my number one. Right. Um, I like it. Yeah. And so I'm very intentional about, you know, being there and if, you know, we're going to play with the kids, we're going to play hard with the kids <laughs> right? and, yeah. and, uh, and have fun with it. And so I'm very intentional about that. But then as nighttime comes, um, you know, I'm, I'm intentional about shutting down my brain and, you know, people make fun of me. You know, my wife and I have been in several conversations before we're laying in bed. I'm the one talking and I fall asleep because <laughs> right? I train myself to go to sleep. Right. And so it's, it's that, I mean, it's being intentional about getting your motor going in the morning and intentional about shutting it down at night. So many times I hear from people of like, I just, I have sleep problems. I'm like, well, are you working on it? Sleep takes work, you know, or I have focus problems. Where are you working on it? Focus takes work. All right. Um, and so I, I'm, I feel like the more intentional I am about what I'm doing and as I'm going through the day as well, it's not just about me as anytime I'm around people, I want to elevate. I want to influence. Um, not necessarily because I'm special. It's, I believe other people are special and it breaks my heart that if people don't see that of how cool they are. Um, and so any interaction I'm having, I'm intentional about, about trying to do that uh, wherever I'm at. And so that's also Very part cool. of my day because then by the end of the day, you feel good about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Right. Or then if I do need to choose someone out, then I don't feel as bad because I uplifted a few other people. <laughs> <laughs> Balance it out a little bit. And right? I don't road rage. I, I used to. And then I realized that's very immature. I'm guilty and I intentionally, <laughs> I've intentionally stopped. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I have intentionally stopped, stopped that as a, part of my daily I'm going to take that challenge I yeah. need to yeah. <laughs> I get so upset on the road sometimes yeah now I just congratulate people for close calls <laughs> that was Love man that. that was incredible that you almost killed me but you did a good job <laughs> good work <laughs> yeah and I start to believe it after a while <laughs> that's funny anyway that's funny I like the idea of not connecting with the world for the first 90 minutes yeah, I do too you know I, I have ideas I'm going to wake up at whatever time and go work out in my basement for certain period of time and I find myself in between sets or whatever I'm looking at my phone and checking things and I, it's just it turns out to be a, a mess so yeah I like that and I call I, there's something that I, I like to challenge people on it's called 90 to the third it's take over the next month is you want to have 90 um, minutes a day of this is 90 minutes a day of its self-improvement 90 minutes in the morning without being impacted by the world and over 30 days that'll equal up to 90 hours that you're doing that right mm -hmm. um even though your self-improvement in that 90 minutes that can be the same so it doesn't really actually equal that but it's that 90 to the third right it's 90 minutes of self-improvement 90 minutes in the morning not being impacted by the world 
you know, over that time. Um, and it, it's pretty darn cool of how it turns out, right? Yeah. And so I challenge people to, to do that. And I, I do that in my own life as well. You know, 90 minutes of my day is on self-improvement stuff um, every day. And I focus, and that's part of my exercise routine. If that's part of everything else that I'm doing, I make sure that's be very intentional about that. So I like cool it. stuff. Really cool. I yeah. like it. Um, are there any people that you follow very closely, like mentors you have still or books that you like to read or podcasts you listen to, to yeah. kind of help you stay motivated? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I mean, first, the first two people, obviously, like, and I sincerely mean it, like, my wife is definitely, you know, yeah. definitely number one mentor. Um, and, uh, and you know, my dad, definitely mentor, you know, there as well. Uh, but then, you know, I go into, like, I love Brendan Burchard's work. I mean, the guy is, he's, he's pretty awesome in what he does. Um, like I mentioned, Michael Hyatt a couple times. Um, pretty phenomenal what he does. Uh I love Russell Brunson stuff. I mean, that guy, I don't know if you guys follow him. He's out of Boise, uh, isn't he? Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> uh, that guy, man, he's just he's just exciting about life. He brings it, you know what I mean? Um, so I love I love just listening to his podcast a lot. I love Amy Porterfield. The thing I like about Amy Porterfield is she's very detailed in her approach. She takes care of her people. Like I said, I have all of her courses. I'm in all of her closed Facebook groups. And she really cares about her people. She's real big on that no like and trust, right? Okay, yeah. That's like one of her big mantras as well. Um, and so I like to follow them. Um, and really, any book, you know, if you look at kind of my library and the way that I read, um, I'm reading every day. Every single day I'm reading and love to read. So if somebody says, hey, here's a good book, I'll read it, right? Um, you know, right now, actually, well, Brendan Burchard recently released his Habits of High Performance or something like that. It's like Six Habits that been dissecting that new book that he came out with. Um, but I go back, I read Man's Search for Meaning like yeah. five times a year because it's a classic, right? And it's not a very long read, but those ones I go back to a lot, right? Um, but I definitely... I'm reading um, whenever I'm out running and training. I have Audible stuff going on. I always I make sure I have time of shutting everything off still, but also I'm soaking in as much as I possibly can, right? To integrate that into my own life and into my own coaching as well. Um, uh, Evan Pagan as well. He is really good with coaching stuff. Um, I mean, my, I could just go on and on of different people that I like to yeah, yeah. So yeah. follow. Those are great suggestions. Yeah. 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 So out of curiosity, I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering, so when someone signs up for one of these coaching courses with you, mm -hmm. what does that, it's a three month period, right? That they go mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? So the way that we've, so we've kind of transitioned it because originally it was, I had this, you know, like weight loss and beyond group, but now I just call it beyond, right? Because I don't even like to associate it just with weight loss. It's, yeah. it's just going beyond. And that's kind of like, that's a 13 week process. But now that's become kind of like a core course for what we call uh, Dr. Drew's inner circle. In other words, uh, people can pay 197 a month and they have access to all my stuff, my concrete sugar courses as well. They get they get access to to everything of mine and also um, live calls where we do kind of hot seats where I'll coach people right there through a Zoom okay. and everyone gets to watch me troubleshoot with people. And they get to learn that from themselves, right? And when they sign up as well, they get a physical 
um, package in the mail of stuff that I'm not producing elsewhere, right? Um, such as mental physio conditioning. They get a little zip card drive with a workbook on what is mental physio conditioning, where to start in their journey, planning when it feels like you don't have your own time. So they get these physical workbooks sent to their house with these zip drives that have videos on them that aren't available for purchase elsewhere. It's only whenever you're part of my inner circle. So it went from just having the courses to developing this this uh, continuity that Frank Kern teaches a lot mm-hmm. um, a concept, which is pretty cool, right? And so we're building that quite a bit as well. So, but there's a lot of offshoot like you know liquidators or trip wires or icebreakers, whatever you want to call them, for anything under ninety seven dollars. We do a lot of different things like that that um, people can also. You know, just to see, like, what is it like? On top of all the free stuff we have out there, yeah. to kind of take it a step further, yeah. we have some of that stuff as well To before we get into the high-ticket stuff. Yeah. Kind of lead into the high-ticket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. And, and with coaching stuff, too, you know, I said, yeah, you know, it's $15,000 for me to really focus. Like, that's not – I don't – I've never put an ad out there for that. So that's you're, you're promoting more of this, like it's 197 a month, right? Exactly. That's what you're promoting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't necessarily put a direct ad out there for that. It's after somebody has bought something from gotcha. me. Right. Have a warm audience. Boom. Yeah. You're going to want this yeah. type of thing. Um, and I'll do some of it through webinars and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, the coaching thing, it's more of if somebody's really serious and just needs that individual attention and depending on my timing, I'm not going to commit to you unless I can. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I'm careful about that side because it takes a lot of work. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like it's all kind of, I mean, I like how detailed and specific it all is. You know, here's your client, here's your group, and you can definitely, you know you can help them. Yeah. And, and because you've done your homework and filtering and who's going to be in that group. Right? Exactly. And, you know, yeah. it kind of grows organically and word of mouth. And I like it. Okay. Um well, I think that that really kind of goes over a lot of it. If, um, I mean, if any of our listeners have questions, how do they contact you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, come on to the Healthy Made Easy community um, Facebook page. But also, I always say email me and my team. Um, we're always more than happy. And the email address is drew at drdrewbrazier.com. Pretty easy, easy to enough. remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and definitely, you know, shoot shoot some questions and uh, and let us know. And myself or or my team will will be in touch. Yeah. So, just to kind of wrap things up, you've obviously found your success. If you're giving advice to someone who's maybe just starting their journey, just starting a business, thinking about starting a business, or maybe they're just trying to kind of grow the corporate, you know, grow in the corporate world or whatever it is, what would you say to that person based on your experiences in life, based on everything you've done, what's one key takeaway to help you find success in your own life? Mm-hmm. May not be what you're expecting, but it's, it's just what comes up right here is haters are going to hate, right? A lot of people hate. The thing is, is if you have something, go do it, go do it. And if somebody says you can't, don't argue with them. Just show them, do it ethically, do it correctly over deliver and go do it. My fifth grade teacher, it was in fifth grade when I stopped the busy work. She called my mom and literally, you ask my mom, she'll tell you, she told my mom I was mentally retarded and I wouldn't graduate high school. Jeez. So I thanked her when I got my doctorate degree. Thank you for fueling my fire. I appreciate, I sincerely do. Thanks for being ridiculous, right? But also all the other teachers who believed in me, I honor teachers. 
Um, but that fueled me. Hate on me. I love it. Someone told me in high school, you can't play college. My friend's dad said, you can't play college sports. Thank you. Appreciate it. Got my education paid for because of you, right? And, and you know, I, I love it. And so it's so funny now because if somebody kind of gives me a little bit of doubt, my wife's standing there, she's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and it's not that I want to prove them wrong. It's because I, I want that statement to be, a, we got to stop hating on each other. Yeah. Right? Why can't we just be excited for each other's success? Help each other. Yeah. yeah so, so if people want to doubt you, that's fuel, man. Don't listen to it. Don't be stupid about it. Right? But we've had scary moments, right? To get sure. to a successful spot. Dude, you got to put it on the line. Absolutely. And if people are going to doubt you, don't listen to it. Now, there's that difference between being, you know, a skeptical person right and being this pessimist skeptical yeah scrutinize things look at it but be coachable and humble if you're just a pessimist like you suck yeah. right that means you're not coachable it means you're not humble yeah. and you think you got it so be skeptical accept feedback but don't limit yourself on somebody who's hating on you i think that's i mean that's one of the number one things if you're going to cut it as an entrepreneur yeah you got to be real about things but also you gotta you gotta toughen up and and take Absolutely. take that nonsense as fuel I think I love that. I think that's yeah, perfect like advice. One thing that kind of along those lines too, like you were talking about when you were in school, they were saying, this is how much you're going to make. You're not going to be successful yeah. monetarily speaking. Yeah. And you said, no, forget that. I'm going to be successful. And I think a lot of people could probably kind of feel that same way, you know, depending on what field they're going into. They're going to say, oh, you probably won't make much money doing that. There's always a way to make money nowadays. You found a niche, you know, coaching, helping people learn how to apply the things that you've done in your life. And that's how you're making your money and you're happy doing it. So don't let people paint you into that corner. Don't let them tell you what you can and can't do. Figure it out for yourself. And we live in a time right now where... I mean, the sky's the limit. With the internet, with the things that we have at our fingertips, you can make money any way you want, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to do the traditional way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that you found out, and I, I think that's inspiring for a lot of people, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate yeah. that. Well, I, uh, I'm excited. I want to read your book. We're <laughs> working on it. Got to get all the editing done. Oh, it's a trick. <laughs> that sounds like the worst part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. all fun until then. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, everybody that's listening, make sure you follow him. If you're interested, send him an email. Listen to the podcast, um, The Healthy Made Easy Show, The Art and Science of Sustainable Health Transformation. Perfect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go download a couple episodes and listen to it. Absolutely. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So I appreciate it. Um, and then, like I said, if you guys have questions for us, uh, let us know. We're at Young and Successful and Obviously, leaving a review on iTunes is going to help us out a lot. And we'll be back soon with more content. And until then, we'll see you later.